Hello, and welcome back to another episode of 52 and 52, a podcast where we watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and record an episode about it. Today, we're going to be talking about Ready Player One, Steven Spielberg's newest film. Um, our, our bud. Our, our good pal, Steve Spielberg. <laughs> um, so for this movie, I... I did. I honestly wasn't going to see it because the trailer sucked. You weren't going to not see it. No, I, you, you, for say, you, 100% say, you, you say that like talk it. a big game. I'm not going to go see it because it's Steven Spielberg. But you actually would like to shit on him, so like you were going to see it. I no, think. but I didn't want to see it because like one of the writers is like problematic takes on women, and it's. I just didn't. The trailer was bad. I just didn't want to see it. Um, but. Sky wanted to go see it, and we had seen everything else, so I went and saw it. Oh well, no, well you hadn't. The thing is, like you, you absolutely like really love the first Pacific Rim movie. As of this yeah. recording, you haven't seen the sequel, but you well, like... Well, Sky hasn't seen the first one, so... Oh, uh, so you had to wait for Sky. I was going to say, it's like, what would make Anthony not go see the sequel to a movie he loved, but instead go see a Tom Hanks movie? I knew well, it had John, to... I, John Boyega's also in the second one. <laughs> and is, I have my takes for him, so... But yeah, so I, I saw it. Uh, I had pretty low expectations. I, I, what were your expectations, Shaws? Uh, I don't know. Like, I... It was. It got very mixed response. It like when it debuted at South by Southwest, and it was just like, oh, well, like it's a movie like all the fanboys are gonna love, and I'm like, and like all the people that are like super nerdy fanboy into gaming and stuff like that, and not in the way you are, but like you know what I mean. Um, sure. Like yeah, the difference. Um, like so, I just like, oh, well, I'm not really like that's not really exactly my crowd, and maybe I'm just not gonna really be that into it. But like, I didn't, I didn't think it was gonna be trash totally, just because like I, I like some of those actors and the reviews just like were, were even tempered by people that weren't in that demographic. So I was just like, whatever, I'll, I'll go see it. Then I was kind of worried. It was like, holy shit, this thing's two hours and 20 minutes. That's, that, <laughs> that, that's a little daunting to you. So I don't know. I, I, I didn't have super, super low expectations, but I wasn't like going in expecting to love it or anything. Okay. And how did you feel about it once you saw it? I, I had fun. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's also I, when when you just asked me about expectations, I, I kind of left out the Spielberg of it all. But I mean, like that yeah. was also like how my other thing I was thinking going into it was like, how is this like seventy one year old guy gonna like do directing this movie that's supposed to be some kind of commentary on like m- more modern pop culture and the gaming industry and just modern fanboys? But then I mean, I did I mean obviously. Uh, a lot of the stuff he's created is um, the genesis for a lot of what the movie is uh, dealing with. So, yeah, right. <laughs> he, and even very, very directly in some instances, like in the first 20 minutes, there's a massive uh, version of the T-Rex from that movie sure. he directed called Jurassic Park. Uh, so it's – I mean it's a lot of stuff that involves him, but I was just like, is it just going to feel like some old man trying to like relate to the youngsters out there? And I mean – I'm not saying that like it's like oh my god this guy's like totally in tune with our generation or anything like that but like I thought he I thought I don't know it was just there was a lot going on in the screen it's still a lot the process I just saw it last night so um, oh really okay yeah I I, I just didn't have a chance to go I'd been out of town all last week and I I saw one movie with my grandpa when I was in Philadelphia but I figured uh, the death of Stalin would be a better one to see with him (laughs) it wasn't but that was kind of the judgment I made in the time I had one movie to see last week so I, I I don't know, but like there is just so much going on on the screen on this movie that there is like no way for it to be as boring as like what we've grown accustomed to from Steven Spielberg. Is it what I'd say? Sure. Um, I mean, not not that the entire movie is perfect or anything like that, but like I couldn't like help but at least enjoy myself and like have fun and way more fun than I think it had business being, given how long it was. And that that's my like kind of my initial takeaway. Yeah, my my short version is I liked it. Um, 
I, I don't know if part of that had to do with expectations. Yeah. I I really don't like Ty Sheridan, and this movie doesn't really help his, his case for me in that book. I'm kind of glad that a lot of his screen time was like virtual, and <laughs> it wasn't like him. It had a little more like charisma or whatever when he's not actually on screen. And um, I, the thing is, like, I, I think the movie's good. I think I haven't read the book. I read the book when I was like younger. Oh, I didn't know you ever had. Um, but I didn't really remember it. But I read like a what's different from the book in the movie article thing somewhere. And they kind of, it's, they did a good job of sort of like transforming some of the stuff to fit in with more with today, even more than the book did at the time. And yeah, I liked it. I mean, it, it still has the Steven Spielberg, like heavy handed predictable thing going on, but it's not, it's just more fun than a lot of the movies he's made in the last couple of years. And I think that's sort of where it stands out, I guess. Relative yeah. to his other films, yeah. Uh, well, that I think that goes without saying. I, I I don't actually think it was anywhere like near as heavy-handed as something like The Post. Um, no, 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 no. I mean, like I'm still because I'm still like I read this long article on IndieWire about how it's like him commenting on this culture he's helped created and whether or not he regrets it because the movie is all about how sure. all of our pop culture is all recycled and how we're uh, we're just kind of drowning in that. We're not wanting to create anything new. We're just wanting to kind of live, exist in what we already have and stuff like that. And I don't know if that's exactly what it was and if it was that direct. And I think it's, I, I've, I've enjoyed at least trying to think about that and process it in the time I've had since last night. Uh, I, I don't know if we read the same article about what they changed, but it sounds like that book is just very, very expansive. And mm-hmm. there's, there's stuff, I mean, you might not have liked it as much given this, your position on Ty Sheridan in general as an actor, but it sounds like the book had a lot more of like background for him in it. And that would have been, if they had gone with that, like a lot of stuff with sure. him, his, a lot of stuff with him at his high school and um, yeah. things like that. And that's how you're introduced to him. And it, like, he's probably on the screen for like 25% of the time, if that, whereas his avatar is like a lot more the of it than of that. Time, yeah. And so... I, I don't know. I, if it had tried to be more loyal to the book than it was, it would have been like a four-hour and 20-minute movie instead of a two-hour and 20. Is this, I, 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 I don't just, think it needed to be for me. I, no, I think I, they did a fine enough job sort of like detailing the background and his like character. For him, uh, yeah, I think they did it pretty effectively. I enjoy – I really enjoyed uh, just – I mean I, I don't what, – what, this movie must have had like a $250 million budget or 175 I'm sure it was a lot. Like, I, I, but I thought they used it well, and I really like enjoyed looking at just – they commit a lot in that are, those early scenes with just him at the stacks. Sure. Uh, like, that was a really cool, unique way of just – depicting a different type of world i mean it's set a different kind of future yeah it's at 2045 and usually when you think of movies in the future it's just going to be a bunch of gadgets and gizmos and kind of like you call it. uh, it's kind of the anti-blade runner uh yeah i mean blade runner has some drab scenery too but it's like more modern looking in a lot of ways and whereas all and the, more technologically advanced though too yeah whereas like all the technology in this movie for the most part is just inside of the game you know it's not yeah, a, it's it, actually it not much basically of, exists today it's just like the future and how some things changed. some things have gone to south yeah. and like it's just it's very impressive however however they created those stacks i mean i'm obviously like i'm guessing a lot of cgi was involved but it didn't look like it was just stuff that was put on there by a bunch of computers so i think it does convey that stuff pretty well i think um it yada 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 a lot of the stuff involving all of the uh, who, who ultimately becomes his clan uh, sure. And I thought that that was maybe some of the some of the weaker parts of the movie for me, and what and it, when it probably shouldn't have been. I I really like Olivia Cook. I 
uh, you asked me about my expectations, and I totally forgot about how I was actually like super pumped about this movie when it first got announced, and I think it got announced before I even saw Bridge of Spies. So this mm-hmm. is like pre us <laughs> being a little down on Spielberg, but um, I-, I could be wrong on the timing on this, but or maybe it was after that actually. I was like, oh, I'm almost excited for this in spite of Steven Spielberg because it was not long after I'd seen Ty Sheridan in the Stanford prison experiment. And at that point I hadn't seen him be really bad in X-Men apocalypse. So I was just <laughs> like, Oh, this kid was awesome in mud. And he was in the Stanford prison experiment. And I just seen Olivia cook and me and her on the dying girl. And I was like, Oh wow, this is awesome. It was before we kind of learned that TJ Miller was a problematic person and mm. he had gotten cast in it. Um, <laughs> yep. and, and so it was like all those things together with what seemed like a kind of a cool concept. But then I heard a bunch of people like, say uh, they weren't sure how that book could be adapted and i was like i don't care i like these actors and um i don't know it seemed like they probably could have done more with her character and then uh the other three it's just like they just like magically appear later in the movie it's like they find them and it's not really explained and they just show up and it's like all right well we just got to get the team together we're not going to really explain how or how any of this works but they're just they're just here and you just kind of kind of accept their their big group of friends and it's like I think I would have like enjoyed seeing a little bit more of let's get the gang together, how they are all interact and all that stuff, and maybe just some of the stuff later on in the movie, which I didn't dislike, would have even like meant more to me. Yeah. Uh, so Olivia Cook. So the the biggest problem I had with Olivia Cook's character because I I really like her. She's good. Um, we saw Thoroughbreds, which we're going to talk about her about too, uh, coming up in a couple of days, but. The this movie just suffers from like the same kind of thing that every like non rom com movie is suffering from nowadays. It just sort of like announces that two characters are in love and there's like not a lot of background reason for that and they're just in love because it's like convenient where the story wants it to go. And that was my like least favorite part of their interaction because uh-huh. they kind of had like a budding romance going on, but then it just like jumps the gun. Well it, well at least she bit. calls him out on that. Uh a at little first, bit. which is a little it, but bit. but yeah, well, it seems like it's going to handle that it's, better than it does. Yeah. Like she calls yeah. him out, but then all of a sudden, when they meet in person, she's like, "Oh, I have a birthmark, and you still think I'm cute? Okay, we're we're, we're going to be in love now." And yeah. and it's like that. That was I, th- I thought it like it sh- they shouldn't have just like had that happen that quickly. She should have been yeah. like, "You're still kind of an idiot," and uh, and instead of just all of a sudden like, "All right, cool, we're, we're totally like a couple now." Uh, that definitely happened a little too fast. Um, and I, I mean, we're led to believe like she's really badass, and not not saying she isn't, but they keep telling you that early in the movie. And then as the movie goes on, she's just like, "Wait, you're better than me. You're just better than me. The Oasis needs you. The Oasis needs you. I'll I'll go walk away, and you can do this. I'll go walk well, away and do that." She gets to do some brave stuff when she's like yeah. hanging out with the Sixers at the end and do, doing all that stuff. But it's like she's deferring to him a lot, and I mean, that's kind of your though. primary female character, and. Uh, Aside from when uh, Lena Waithe comes in, who's uh, unfortunately has a slightly more limited role than I would say would be ideal for someone of Lena Waithe's talents, but it's like yeah. I think you could have definitely like given Olivia, Olivia Cook more of the burden, for lack of a better term, because she's probably the better actor of the two of them. So, yeah, uh, I don't necessarily think that her like sort of deferring was that problematic because I think there's enough of her sort of showing him up and sort of the places she knows she's good at. And it's, there's sort of like a strength to me in being able to see when someone else is like better suited for something than you. Mm-hmm. And I know that's just sort of the story, but I, I mean, she figures out the, um, the dancing thing before him. Uh, she figures out a bunch of stuff like before him. And it's just sort of like their friendship that 
leads them to find solutions together, which I thought was pretty cool. But yeah, the the, the three extra characters um, was are well, I don't remember what Lena Waits character. I, I I saw it a while ago, um, but the three extra characters sort of the way they sort of jump from because you're you're having this online world and it's like everyone lives in Cleveland, but like they don't and they just sort of show up there and it kind of takes away from some things. I know that's what you were talking about. Um, when they actually show up like in person, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't necessarily, I just, it's hard to think of what they could have cut out. I think because there was a lot of, there was a lot of good stuff that they had. And so it just would have been a longer movie and I'm sure they just didn't want that. Based on what I've read about what they cut from the book, it definitely could have been like a mini series, I'd say. Sure. Uh, and it's just like, you can't have a four hour movie. So it's in, I don't. I don't know what would have been like the best stuff to get rid of either. Uh, I thought it was like it all served its purpose um, and just yeah. like having them complete this game. And yeah. I don't. It wasn't like an obvious thing where it's like you didn't need that. Like, well, sure, it's nice if you spend more like background time with characters and stuff like that. Like you, like you only have so much time and like i thought like you still got enough of a sense of like who wade was and who she was that it's not like they completely sacrificed any character development just to like tell the story but it's just the that it was fulfilling enough just watching them kind of navigate the oasis that like i yeah the movie didn't feel like it lost all of its humanity because of that Um, yeah and the thing is like i totally understand all the friendships between the five of them with regards to like how they're like online and that's their or in the oasis and like that's how their friendship develops like i don't think that was problematic at all it's just the sort of actual like physical distance that they just disregarded um because that's like an important thing about i think the oasis and like playing games and and stuff online and they sort of skipped that which was eh, a little annoying they all um, just happen to live in columbus ohio or yeah columbus. but they, they they didn't though like that they just didn't care it was annoying <laughs> Um, but one random thing, I, am I, I don't know if I misremember you saw it <laughs> more recently than me, but when they, when Ben Mendelsohn just like kills his aunt, he just like, doesn't care. I don't even think like he cares about it after that. Who waves? He, yeah. He just like gets kidnapped and then he's just like, Oh, I love you. He, he mentions they, it. He mentions it at one point after that, where he kind of calls him out and says he did that. But like, but like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely weird, not a big right? enough deal made of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so which is like it's just weird. Like, why would you even do it? Kind of like, that was like a weird thing to me. Of yeah, the way that I mean, like, whole scene went down. because it's. An, I mean, I think there's a way to make him a more compelling villain, and I want to. And I, I, I want to talk about that corporation a little more. But it's at sure. the same time, it's like aside from that, it's like they they just want to like make money in like a more efficient way and profit off this thing. They're not as like necessarily stereotypical evil, stereotypically evil. So maybe there's a way to like make it somewhat more compelling if they're not doing quite as nefarious things like murder. Sure. Uh, yeah. Almost like season two of House of Cards. I, I stopped <laughs> watching that show, but it's like, I think that show is like a lot more interesting if the guys in that show would like just do things that deviously but aren't murderers. Like you don't have to go sure. that, you don't have to go that far. And it was a weird thing for him to do like, I'm just going to do that one murder. But then now, now as I say that, I'm like, that's a little ridiculous because he does like enslave a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, so there's that too. Yeah. So they're, they're just bad. Which ultimately leads to their death too. Yeah. You know, in, in, indirectly or directly, whichever way you want to consider that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, uh, so did you, I, I know we were talking before, did you end up seeing it in like 3D or IMAX or whatever you were doing? No, or did I, you I got to work standard? early enough to just go in standard and it might have been okay. cool in 3D, but I was being cheap and it was just like, I want to be able to use my movie pass. Uh, <laughs> sure, but it, the, it's still visually, it was, it was very good. Yeah, I, I don't know. It didn't feel like, even like that last action scene, I think you got to give Spielberg credit because I think there are some movies that get like really bogged down in the CGI and you like honestly can't tell what the hell is going on. And I thought the whole last scene, even if it was like a little... Um, it went on a while where it's like them trying to navigate this thing where it's like they're getting into it and it's like, oh, now they're in. I thought that their dude was playing uh, Adventure or whatever the game's called. It's like, oh, no, like they still got to – still not to that point yet. Like, I thought the action itself was fairly well done where you like, knew what was going on within that whole fight and mm-hmm. it didn't – I don't know. It just didn't look – it didn't look stupid, which I feel like there's a way in which I probably assumed it might when I first like saw – I would I wouldn't, I would even go as far to say as it looked good and, and not, not stupid, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that last fight scene, I, it, it, it's hard because like, I like seeing like the random callbacks, all these like small little, uh, games, Sega, Nintendo, whatever. Um, but at the same time, I, 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 sometimes I couldn't decide if it was too much. Well, yeah. And and that's been a criticism of it. And I mean, I don't know if either of us have seen like all of the eighties movies that are referenced in this thing. Cause there's some stuff where it's like, I, I know, or Iron Giant, I guess I looked up earlier, came out in 1999. It's like, I know that's yeah. a thing, but like, I don't yeah. actually know a lot about it. I don't think I've well, seen yeah, that Well, yeah, that's, that, so that like, was the thing. It was, I think that I was so, probably a little more with background for like the small nuances of like the video game stuff than you probably were in the, in the movie. And I might've but been, but I didn't, but I didn't know if it was like, if you thought it was too much or if well, you, no, I'm the kid that didn't have any kind of video game system till sure. like fifth grade. Like, I was the I, I was the kid that was always bitching at my parents for not getting them in N64, and then I, I got a GameCube in fifth grade, and, like, then I had an Xbox for a few years in college, and that's, like, not – that's, like, the end of my video gaming life. And I hadn't seen – I think someone that's, like, really into gaming and then super into 80s shit might have just felt like it was really heavy-handed and over the top, but it's, like, you can still follow this movie and appreciate the story even if you don't pick up on every single little yeah. thing, and I think that's maybe why – uh, you and like you might have picked up on that stuff, and you enjoy picking up on some of those small video game references. But you might not have seen every single one of those movies too. Sure. And maybe you would have gotten a little sick of it. But I haven't seen every one of those movies, and yeah. my video gaming experience, like I said, pretty limited. So I, I picked up a nugget here, a nugget there, and I'm like, oh, that's cool, sure. and that's about it. You know, so. Yeah. That's, I guess it just depends on like the viewer and if they just like are like oh my god nostalgia yeah <laughs> like if you're one of those people then maybe you'll like it and if you're someone that's like I don't want to be hit over the head with this then you might have not liked it as much. Yeah, my my thing was I was pretty worried at the beginning about them getting too explainy or uh, to sort of like explain it to every man about like the video game stuff because they were like talking about the Easter egg thing and they sort of beat that over the head. But it ended up sort of being I think a good amount of showing us and sort of just like letting people figure it out as they go. And they gave a little like explaining stuff, but it's Spielberg. It's going to be a little like predictable, but no, I I think they actually did a pretty good job overall. And it's like weird for me to feel this way and I don't really know what to do. Yeah. I was like worried I was going to get on here and like, I was going to have to be like the guy defending Spielberg. And then you were going to like make me feel bad about like going, <laughs> about going off brand. And so I was like a little nervous about it. And I, I so cause like, Listen, I just, this I, is my, this is me being honest guys. You see every time else I've talked shit about Spielberg, it's been, it's true. coming from an honest place. You know, it's not, it's, he's not just trying to get the clicks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, like, do you have strong thoughts on like the 
movie in re- with respect to like any of its like modern day commentary because between the two of us you are just you are far more um, immersed in like gamer culture and it's not totally that you know it's like a mix of that and sure. all this movie stuff like do you think it's like trying to say anything and 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 about this about our culture today with respect to the like gaming and how invested people get in it or i mean or i mean i know it's it's it was it was a little more my second life than it was like your fortnite community or your destiny sure. or your destiny group or whatever sure. like that it was, it was it was it was trending in that direction so it wasn't exactly the kind of stuff that you are very familiar with on a daily basis but i mean do you think that like it went astray and any saying anything it was wanting to say, or did it maybe not go far enough in addressing some of the more problematic aspects of it where it just kind of like whitewashed some of the misogyny that like you deal with, with like the Gamergate controversy or something like that. Like, where do you think it ultimately came down all that stuff? Um, yeah. So that's a good question slash questions. I was talking about that with Sammy after he saw it. Yeah. The thing that sort of sticks with me more is I think the movie made me think about things a lot. But not necessarily because of like I'm not necessarily thinking about things in the movie. I'm just thinking the movie made me think of things mm-hmm. like outside of the film, but like also surrounding the sort of technology gaming community stuff more so than I'm thinking about how the movie commented on that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah um, I, mean- I, I don't necessarily think the movie was trying to take that big of a stance on a lot of things it's sort of just using it as uh, a like a, just like a kind of a delivery vessel yeah, it's just for a, its story. Yeah, it's just a more adult version of wreck it ralph and i think there's another another level we could get to that's actually like a little bit more serious adult than this movie hmm. but I, I would say it's like a step up from from like wreck it ralph sort of uh more relaxed style of of storytelling but Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it did a fine enough job, but I mean, there's always things. I, I I just feel like with that, there's always more you could say, but it's just like, how do you pick and choose? I don't know, because they're adapting a book, right? It's not like an original necessarily. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of stuff like trying to like Steven Spielberg is like a powerful enough guy that like I don't think we have to like question his imprint on something because he didn't write the script like we might do with some other people. It's like, and he's obviously like we mentioned earlier, he, he has a lot invested in a lot of the. Um, popular culture that's referenced throughout the throughout the movie, and I can't really necessarily comment on the gaming community aspect of it. And if you was trying to say anything about that, but I mean, uh, it's you're dropped into this world that's like they make the they make the um, holiday guy just like this all ever present powerful sure. dude so it's like of course some guy that like by like the movie's timeline like would have been born in like the. Uh, the early 80s or something like that would be obsessed with this stuff so it's like it doesn't i I don't if someone doesn't want to go think that deeply on it i don't think they have to like it's it it totally makes sense that a guy that like is somewhere on the spectrum and grew up in that time would like be like super super into that stuff and would sure like and if he doesn't have a lot of people in his life would just i mean not that it's very realistic to like give half a trillion dollars to just like a random (laughs) person but like uh, that uh, that stuff would mean that much to him that he would create something around it. Like that can just be a story that you appreciate. Yeah, without, like, that's cool. Thinking too much about like what our society is dealing with, but it is funny that like I've read a lot also that talks about something that we talked a lot about on the podcast and about just the lack of like original movies that uh, we we experience this day. And the movie is just all about how like these characters are all consumed with the, with the past and sure. how everything is recycled and. It, it, and it's almost funny that like they ultimately like go into a um I don't I don't know if the shining's based on a book or not but it's like they it, it's, it's like they're going into a like 
one of the more impressive set pieces in that movie is yeah, them like going sure. into that and recreating. Have you seen The Shining? Yes. Okay. Sadly. I, yeah, I was gonna say like I I wouldn't have blamed you given your uh, relationship with <laughs> horror movies if you hadn't, but like it was still a pretty cool way to go about that and that's also the kind of movie that doesn't get made nowadays you know that's a mm-hmm. i mean i'm looking at it now shining was made for 20 million dollars in the 70s which is that's a lot in the 70s which though. is like yeah that's what i'm saying like horror movies today like they're made on the blumhouse uh budget where it's like five sure. million dollars or less and then you try and make a lot of movies so it's like oh no oh yeah, yeah that was a stupid thing of course I, I knew that the shining's based on a stephen king book but still yeah um like movies like that like that are even based on like books that aren't like part of like something like a massive comic book thing they don't really get made for that amount of money so it's like using a movie like that in the first place to then make this whole entire commentary about how like we're so obsessed with like things that already exist that we're not creating your own stuff and that's the thing that like like you said made you think that that kind of part of it it made me think even if like i don't know if you have to like take it to like the extreme lengths i've seen some people analyze it it is kind of funny that the movie is telling this one simple story about like these people that are trying to like save the world from us like a shady corporation like yeah deals with all that stuff at the same time. And I think it does it without like getting too complicated and have too much going on. Whereas like other movies that aren't two hours and 20 minutes might become more of a mess than this one would it deal with a lot less stuff at the same time. Yeah. And two things I'll, I'll, two other things I'll say about the movie is one, it's to me, it's actually kind of clear. They could have made this what two or three movies probably. And the fact that they didn't is something that makes me happy because We've we we have enough uh, sequels sequels and recycled things like it's it's good to just do a one off and sort of I think giving yourself that constraint and that rule sort of makes you navigate and really decide what's important what do you need to tell to get your story across um, so that's that's really cool and two one of the things that this movie does pretty well is sort of like addresses or explains how like everybody is sort of getting into this oasis and this gaming thing and it's not just like the nerds or like the people that play video games it's, it's like old people too it's, yeah. yeah and and th- that's the one thing is it sort of does a good job of showing like how it's more than that and that's sort of like the evolution of gaming now is like because the, the people i've met playing xbox dating back to last even the last like four or five years like there's like real relationships and real friends and like it's just becoming more and more accepted and this movie is sort of like even more of an evolution of where we are now of like sort of everybody accepting it and sort of realizing like it's more of a social thing and it's not just like you're playing games it's like the social aspect of it well right but at the same time and i know that you are a lot of you do have very good friends that you met through that kind of community but at the same time at the end of this movie it's like y'all need to get off your devices it's like trying to tell you that at the same time and it's like when wade gets control of the oasis he's like yeah. well my part of solution to save the world is to tell people they're not allowed to be plugged in two days a week and things yeah. like that so the movie in a way is also like in addition to all the other stuff we talked about it's also just like warning of the dangers of just not experiencing reality enough sure. and so i, I guess it, you could say it's like almost finding a good middle ground ultimately and that's nice too where it's like yo like you just can't spend 14 hours playing xbox a day whether or not you might agree with disagree with that at the same time it's like saying mm-hmm. y'all y- you guys need to like actually like experience like real life but like there is value in it so that's why i think in the i, I read in the article i read about this stuff different from the book it's like wait at the end is like i could never go back into the oasis and it doesn't go that far in the movie in yeah. the movie it's just yo yeah. let's just chill out and i'll uh which i think would be too far yeah, yeah. So it's like people are allowed to like have an escape from reality, especially in days like to- in our country today.
day-to-day, you know, like a lot yeah. of people don't like the day-to-day of being in reality, like a lot of not-so-good stuff is going on in the country, uh, and it has been like that for, say, the last 14 or so months, but, uh, you, you know what I mean, like people li- like getting an escape, yeah. and there is nothing wrong with that, and I guess you could say that's uh, a message that, uh, yeah, the movie does just kind of blatantly say at the end, like, fairly straightforward, whatever you want to say, like, yeah, Spielberg, not always completely subtle, but, like, it's one thing, like, it's not it doesn't beat me over the head like the last five minutes of the post did, but it's still sure. just like, hey, you can enjoy life in more ways than one. And, sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it it's commentary more on, I would say like phones than even gaming, right? Like phones, laptops is sort of more of where most people are spending the majority of their time than necessarily, oh, I'm playing a game, right? Yeah, because like, so, the game is like one thing, whereas like sure. in the Oasis, like you're doing tons of different shit. Sure. And you can do tons of shit on your phone. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, what, you, and, before we were done, what did you think of the bad guys, though? Like we didn't – we only yeah. touched on them. <laughs> um, so Ben Mendelsohn, I, I thought he was pretty good. Uh, some of his stuff was a little cookie cutter. But I, I just like him, so it didn't seem too bad. Some of it was a little over the top, but I mean, we don't also didn't talk about Mark Rylance and that stuff. Yeah. But it's like how they end up making it so Ben Mendelsohn had once been like his intern. Yeah, uh, and if that Which like, that was sense. an interesting way to like kind of yeah, show that he I, kind of he resents this stuff, but at the same sure. time is like I just want to make all the money. And, yeah, it's because he is he just wanted the control because like he wanted to be a part of it and he felt like he had ideas that could contribute to it and. Uh, James Halliday just like doesn't listen to him and sort of dismisses him and he becomes resentful of him. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he was fine. Like you said, it, the villain could have been, could have, could have been written better, but I think I've sort of just more focused on the bigger story and the other things that I cared about that I just, I, I'm, there just aren't a lot of good villains being written anyway. So yeah. whatever. One thing I thought about just by thinking about movies where, uh, the bad guy is like a big bad corporation with maybe a leader. A movie that we didn't talk about earlier this year because it came out when we were in that rush to record all the Oscar stuff was mm-hmm. the, la- the last Maze Runner movie. Sure. And one of the things I I, I don't I kind of came down fairly mixed on that movie, but one of the things that I liked the wish it would have gotten a little more right was just the bad guys. And because I mean the first two thirds of that trilogy, you really don't know what the hell they're up to. It's a lot of I mean those movies aren't bad, but they're all, it's I didn't, actually I really didn't like the second one, but it's a lot of it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of killing time before you really truly find out. And I actually kind of liked the reveal in that movie and how they're uh, like they actually have like a somewhat admirable aim, like they're going about sure. it in a somewhat fucked up way. And I almost wish they hadn't gone about it in the most inhumane way but like like because they're essentially like killing those kids and it's like they could have maybe not gone quite that far but it's like they're trying to like find like the movie's called death cure like they're trying to like find the cure and they're kind of harming people in the process but it's like this world is like falling apart like it kind of makes sense you kind of get where they're coming from and I, i thought that made that movie actually more interesting to think about just because like they actually had somewhat noble aims Whereas yeah. here it's it just like, took them three movies to tell us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's just like I actually ultimately liked where the bad guys were coming from that sure. movie. Where it's just here, it's like uh, we want to make money and we're going to enslave kids and like kill innocent people to do it, which is not as compelling in my opinion. And I, no. I just thought that like I, even though I, I I like this movie probably better than the Maze Runner movies, like I wish maybe they had just been coming from a slightly more human place. And maybe that sure. just makes it a little more interesting where it's like this guy's – and I like watching Ben Mendelsohn. Like you said, like he's fine, and if you have a bad actor doing that, then it's probably pretty unbearable. But like yeah. at least it's kind of uh, entertaining to watch – to at least watch him. Yeah, I like that his avatar was like some big buff dude in a in a suit too. <laughs> like it, it was just good uh, like 
metaphorically and thematically the way that everyone sort of got to be their own person. What did you think about so, uh, Simon Pegg? Uh, he was good. You know what's um, weird? I thought he was Michael Shannon for like the whole movie. Not my, no, not Michael Shannon. Sorry, Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. No, I mean, he was good. <laughs> I assumed since he was Simon Pegg that there was going to be a little twist with him, and since it was like a fairly decent named actor. So, so I, I was sort of like guessing, trying that? to figure out where. Did you predict it, it or you were like? No. Well, I didn't think that they like hated each other or whatever. No, I, I um, just meant, I meant the thing with him being the curator. I figured it out at one point, but not too far from when they actually revealed it. Oh. Not like the. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he was good. I liked the curator. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mark Rylance was fine. He, I liked his scenes actually. He was he was pretty good. Yeah, it reminded me of the um, the Peter Gregory character from Silicon Valley when the sure. actor unfortunately died. Like that kind of like off like social socially sure. inept, pro- pro- somewhat autistic person, but like still like navigating that kind of world and interacting with people. Like I thought those characters, if done well, are interesting. You know? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know what else you have to say about anything. Um. I, no, I mean, like, I don't know. It just, it just feels kind of weird to, like, do one of these and, like, not have bad things to say about, like, something Steven Spielberg did. And uh, Listen, You're preaching, man. Is it, especially just since, it's, like, given the subject matter and his age, it's just kind of weird. Um, I, I'm – like, we, we mentioned the T.J. Miller thing earlier. Like, I'm I, surprised they didn't, like, just recast him. Um, yeah, I didn't actually know he was in it oh, I, I, was, like, I, oh, I knew he was in it. I attention to the movie. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess it, did, it didn't really come out that – like – he, I, I, no, he's a bad dude for sure. Well, he's not bad, but like he's. Oh no! Wait. Oh, now I just clicked on his Wikipedia. It was sexual misconduct allegations. Yeah. I, didn't, yeah. Oh, okay, I wasn't yeah. sure if it was just like it came out that he was actually no, a dick. No. no. Yeah. Okay. Nah, he's a bad person. Dude, it's just so funny because it's like all the money in the world went to like the biggest lengths to like totally like reshoot for Kevin Spacey. It's like T.J. Miller's face didn't even appear in this movie. They could have like totally easily just like gotten another yeah. actor if they wanted to, and it probably would have been like even if it was a no-name person, it actually would have been like less distracting. Because um, I feel like they all they had to do was. Just of voiceovers, yeah, you which seems less funny than yeah, and you don't even have to get the actors in the same place. Like a lot of animated movies, they all record their shit separately. Like it would have been, yeah. it would have like been a lot less effort than like what it took to do the um, the Kevin Spacey thing, and they had a lot more time to do it based on like when the movie's release date was and when uh, those allegations came to light versus the all the money in the world timeline that they had. But yeah. uh, I mean, it didn't ruin the movie for me. I was just like, it's so weird that he's here. I mean, no, not, it didn't and, ruin and, it because he he is a small part. Funny, but he's a terrible person. So it's like you don't want him. You yeah, don't want it. And then we're about in like three months, two months. We're gonna watch him in Deadpool too. So that's also a thing that's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. So that, that that was kind of that was kind of weird. Um, I I like I I I wasn't sure. Like, isn't he a terrible person? I know some terrible stuff came out about him. I, I just couldn't remember the details, and I was like thinking about that during the movie. So uh, that was kind of weird. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I just saying. Like, I mean, good job. We're we're we we're, we're we're capable of. Um, not hating on Spielberg just to prove it to all if he makes there. a good movie yeah and I don't know it's just like like I said that someone like that's 71 years old like didn't mess up subject matter that was like of this nature and it actually looked pretty good um where like a lot of movie, movies that have that much money on them like might not actually look that good and when yeah. you're using that much computer stuff the yeah I don't know. I don't, I don't know what else to say, but uh, hopefully, no, uh, that, yeah, that's about all I got, man. Hopefully, uh, Spielberg, like, if he's going to keep being this prolific, maybe he'll at least give us a few more things to say nice things about, and or he could just retire while he's had a good grace from us. 
Uh, I don't. I mean, Ridley Scott's still making movies, and he's like eighty something. So I don't, I don't need Ridley Scott to make any other films. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need the last ten years of Ridley Scott to happen to Spielberg, who I already have uh, ill feelings towards. Uh, well, right. <laughs> I, I, well, you just gotta hope and pray because he's not gonna retire yet. So yeah. Um, all right. Well, Josh, where can we find you on social media? It's at Josh Chernovoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y, and the podcast Twitter is at 52in52pod. You can find me at a aklambake, A-K-L-A-M-B-A-K-E, podcast emails, 52in52pod at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening. Let us know what you thought about Ready Player One, and we'll catch you guys next time.